Next on BYU Sports Nation, the top 25 quarterbacks in college football and where BYU's Taysom Hill ranks in that list now that he's healthy. Bill Bender of the Sporting News put that top 25 list together and rejoins the show. How many top 25 quarterbacks will BYU face? Plus, BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki and a what-if scenario that changes everything for BYU football. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Brian Logan. We are live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Tuesday, August 16th, wherever and however you have so chosen to dial in. It's great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with triple bogey golfer Brian Logan. Is, uh, is that good? I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means, man. Speak English to me. And that is why you are the triple bogey golfer. Speak Maybe a, you're a quadruple bogey speak golfer. Speak American, Spencer. <laughs> please. Somebody please educate Brian Logan through the Twitter machine, at BrianLogan7, on what a triple bogey golfer I kinda is. I kind of blame you and Jerem and Ben Bagley <laughs> and Nixon for not allowing me to go golf with you guys. That How many time. times did we ask you, Brian? No, 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 no. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We had everything scheduled. It was on my calendar. I had told my wife, right, and we were all good, ready to go, and then all of a sudden we had to change the plans. It doesn't work that way, man. It doesn't work. It was already – I had so many other things around my calendar at that time that I couldn't make it. I'm inviting you at your next available moment. I blame you. I'm inviting you right now at your next available moment to play golf. Bro, 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 you just got to put it on my calendar. That's what Jerem did. He just scheduled it on my calendar and boom, okay, there it is. Fair enough, fair enough. I know you can appreciate this next little tidbit. I took my five-year-old to an amusement park last night and witnessed the sheer terror in his eyes when we got to the front of a line for a roller coaster, and I don't know that I have ever encountered a <laughs> the type of freakout that I went through last night. Like body convulsing, <laughs> pleading with me for his life. Please, can oh, we go back? Poor guy. So what did you do, man? Did you go on the ride? Or no, did you go? we didn't go. Oh, you're a good man. I, we didn't go. I looked at him and I was like, okay, I need you to calm down. It's going to be okay. And they had moved the garbage can in front of the, the opening line because it was the closing of the park. Oh, okay. And so I'm okay. like, oh, Jax, I don't know if we can get out. <laughs> even, even more of a freak out. <laughs> oh, oh no. poor kid. Poor dude. I bought him, I bought him a blue raspberry icy, and we, we called it good. See, you should have said, if you get on this, I'll buy oh, you. Oh, I tried. Oh, okay. I tried. I threw out everything. everything. I was like, I'll buy you an Xbox One if you go on <laughs> this, this roller coaster. He wasn't having it. He's like, I don't want an Xbox One. <laughs> One. You're grounded. No, no Mickey Mouse for three weeks. Uh, I know you can appreciate that because yeah. your son's like two weeks away from mine. Yeah, see, I don't have no part in that type of stuff, but my wife just forces him. Like, <laughs> stop being a little baby. You want to play football when you get older? Like, how are you going to play football? You can't even ride rides, dude. That's no lie how she talks. That's how she talks to me, too, so. Oh, they're five, man. Or almost five, for that matter. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Week two of BYU football fall camp continues as we continue with our live updates from that Cougar camp. And we join now our sideline reporter on BYU TV, Lauren Frankham. Lauren, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. 
Thank you, guys. It is a beautiful day out here. I just have to say, a little cooler than usual. Starting to feel a little bit more like football season, which I love. What are so you today, seeing? Yeah, oh. what are you seeing at practice today, Lauren? How dare you interrupt me, Spencer? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you te- you tell them, Lauren. <laughs> per, usual, per usual, the team started with special teams work. In particular, on punting today, Johnny Linehan and Rhett Allman were taking turns. And today on the return, they had the Jurgens brothers, Micah Hanneman, Michael Shelton, and Colby Pearson. I haven't seen him doing that before today. But Garrett and Mitch Jurgens are the most consistent each day on that position. And I know they're doing more live stuff today. I saw the rest out there. Kalani said they want to work out some kinks. And he also said they've got a lot of work to do, but they are where they want to be at this point of camp. They are right on track on both sides of the ball, so that's good news. Nice. Lauren, are, are the coaches close to releasing a depth chart yet? Kalani said the, the two deep is still being solidified, but for the most part they have an idea who the best guys are, and they're really pleased with the depth. He said the QB situation and a few other spots need to be determined on the field, but most positions have their front runners right now. Wait, the quarterback situation hasn't been decided yet? <laughs> no, no, breaking news. They have not chosen a quarterback yet. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball now, Lauren. And speaking of Harvey Long, he's a guy that's attracted a lot of attention because of his move from linebacker now to putting his hand in the ground and playing on the defensive line. Coaches are super high on him. So, I mean, what are you seeing from Harvey Longy in terms of reps he's getting? Is he still working at both positions, or is it is it defensive line? Yes, Harvey Longy is, is looking great at defensive end, and he's still getting reps there. And coaches say he'll be ready to play whatever spot he ends up at. But defensive lineman Sites Howitu said Harvey is a beast at defensive end. With the defense running a four-man front, they need to get to the QB faster so the DBs aren't left out to dry. And they said Harvey provides a really good pass rush and a big, fast option off the edge, and that's exactly what the coaches want right now. All right, great stuff, Lauren. I will interrupt you at a future date. <laughs> Thank you very much, gentlemen. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> that takes care of our update from BYU football practice this morning. Now, Brian Logan, there is action in Rio at the Olympics. Like it, man. That's nice, huh? A little, little bob, nice. little dance. Yeah. BYU track athlete Tatenda Tasumba ran in the 200 meters prelims this morning for his country Zimbabwe. Uh, Tatenda finished with a time of 21:04. That is a personal record for Tatenda Tasumba. Wait, is that a personal record outside or indoor? We'll have to look into that some more. It would okay, have. Okay, would have been. It, it would have been his best at BYU. At BYU. So he hit the 20s uh, to qualify for the Olympics, but ran a 21.04. It was just cool to see him on the track. And we were all asking ourselves, what would we be thinking? What would we be feeling in that moment when you're lined up against the best sprinters in the world from all of these countries in that Olympic stadium? So so cool. Try not to screw it up. That's what I would say. (laughs) Is that what you're thinking? Mm -hmm. Brian, try Try not to screw it I, up. I, no, I, that's what I'm thinking. Like on this next sentence, when I when I go after after you go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> USA volleyball will play Poland tomorrow in the first round of the knockout phase after overcoming an 0-2 start in pool play. The game will be aired at one Eastern and tele. Well, sorry, will be played at one Eastern, televised nationally at 2 p.m. Eastern. NCAA.com named five goalies that are going to be the toughest to beat in 2016. BYU senior Rachel Boaz was named as one of those five goalies. So 
Shout out to Rachel for getting some love. If you haven't watched her play, she's one of the most fierce competitors on the soccer pitch that you will ever witness. She looks angry. She's not an angry person, but when she plays soccer and she's playing in goalie, she just looks angry. That's good, man. This is sports. (laughs) Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The top 25 quarterbacks. That's right. The Sporting News released their list of college football's top 25 QBs a few months back. The man who compiled that list, Bill Bender, will join us in about 10 minutes to discuss if those rankings have changed at all. Now that we're closer to the season, and now that Taysom Hill, specifically, is back in camp and healthy. BYU will face five quarterbacks in Bill Bender's top 25 list. Three of them in the first four weeks. We are going to make you experts on the quarterbacks that BYU will face, including number eight on the list, Josh Rosen of UCLA. Brian Logan really likes him. Mm-hmm. Number 16, Skylar Howard of West Virginia. Number 21, Brett Rippon of Boise State. But first, it's number 18, Arizona's Anu Solomon. And don't forget about number 23, Gunnar Keel out of Cincinnati. Now, Brian, where does Taysom Hill sit in that list? Um, he sits at number 22. At number 22. Again, yeah. this was compiled in May originally. Will that change at all now that Bill Bender knows Taysom Hill is 100%, yeah. according to his coaches and to word of mouth from Taysom? We'll, we'll ask Bill here in a second, but let's ask the fans uh, the, today's Twitter question. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the 2016 BYU football season, where will Taysom Hill rank among college quarterbacks and why? Now, at the end of the 2016 end. season. Yes, yes. Not right now. Where will he finish in that list? At Ben Bitter says, I was going to say fourth, but I have switched to seventh. Hashtag see what I did there. <laughs> Are you following? I like it. I like it. I number got it. four wearing number seven now. I got, I got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nicely played, Ben Bitter. Now, before Brian and I answer this question, we're going to make you Insta experts on the top quarterbacks, and we'll go in chronological order, starting with number 18, Anu Solomon of Arizona on September 3rd. Countdown to the Wildcats. 18 days. 18 days away from BYU and Arizona in Glendale at the home of the Arizona Cardinals of the NFL. Anu Solomon is a true dual-threat quarterback, Brian, and the guy that when we said his name this morning, you're like, yeah, I like him. I like him. Why do you like him? I I, I like him. I, I like him because of his athletic ability. I mean, when you have a guy that is athletic, uh, that can run the ball, that can pass the ball, um, do anything with the ball. Uh, it's you always have an opportunity to win the game, kind of like Taysom. Um, and and I think I think that's the the biggest thing that I like about him is is that fact that he's a dual threat quarterback. The thing that you have to look at with Solomon is he struggles with inconsistency. I mean, when he's on, he is red hot, but he can be pretty much dreadful at times too. I mean, best game at USC came in a loss. Throws for 352, three touchdowns against a very good USC defense. But then at Washington, 18 for 31, 160 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. And so you kind of wonder, who are you? Yeah. Who, who is this Who's guy? Who's going to show up? He's come under scrutiny because of that. Next on the list is the chosen Rosen, Brian. Josh Rosen of UCLA on September 17th in Provo. Now, he's considered by a lot of NFL experts and draft experts to be the top quarterback prospect for next year's NFL draft. Yeah, I mean, the, the kid has a lot of talent. Um, I mean, he had a lot of hype, man. 
uh, coming into into the BYU game and even to the season. But I mean, he was Josh frozen, you know, during that game because <laughs> I mean, he I mean, he, he threw twenty three touchdowns, eleven <laughs> interceptions, uh, and, and that kind of leads us into today's stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Three. Three of Josh Rosen's 11 interceptions in 2015 happened against the one and only BYU defense. How about that? Yes. Josh Frozen. Josh Frozen for that game, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> against BYU. So I, th- I, think, I think this is going to be BYU's toughest opponent, um, toughest quarterback that they're going to face all year. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I think he's going to come back a little bit more mature. I think he's going to remember how, you know, how frozen he really was during that game last year <laughs> and, and step it up a notch. But obviously having a whole year under your belt makes you a little bit more mature and, and allows you to make more and better plays. It'll be an entirely different BYU defense because it won't be coached by Bronco Mendenhall. Now people right. are saying, how did UCLA win that game if he was so bad? Paul Perkins, their NFL running back, went for over 200 yards. That's how UCLA yeah. won yeah, that Park. game. Yep. Now – Moving on from Josh Rosen, the following week in Washington, D.C. at FedEx Field, BYU takes on West Virginia and number 16, Skyler Howard. Listen to his bowl game statistics. 532 yards passing, five touchdowns, two interceptions. However, don't you, you shouldn't look into this and say, oh, man, he's going to torch BYU. He's got a tendency to get sacked a lot, yep. and he just lost his top playmaking wide receiver. So how will that affect BYU when they take on West Virginia? Yeah, I think, I think Corbin Kafusi, this is where he gets his three sacks right here. I mean, when you look at last year, um, uh, he was sacked 2.3 times per game. So that's, that's your opportunity, man. Brett Rippon of Boise State happens in the latter part of October. He didn't even play against BYU last year in game number two. But he came in and kind of turned that program around in Mountain West play, got him to nine wins, had 20 touchdowns to only eight interceptions. So Brett Rippon is a guy that I still have some question marks about because I don't know the level of competition he really yeah, faced. Yeah, man. No, that's a, that's a good point right there. You, got, you guys got to always remember, you know, playing against the, some, some lower-tier players and, and athletes and programs in New Mexico or, uh, you know, the, the Wyomings of the world. Um, and so, yeah, he had five games with over 300 yards passing, went four out of one uh, in those five games, but, you know, lost to New Mexico, and uh, that's uh, never good to have on your resume. Now, he didn't play against BYU, and neither did Gunnar Kill of Cincinnati. He sat out the game against BYU. Hunter Moore was the starting quarterback for the Bearcats. BYU won that game 38-24. But Kiel is a transfer from Notre Dame and was highly touted coming out of high school. But he's put up some big numbers. And Cincinnati, no secret, loves to throw the ball all over the field. So those five quarterbacks are facing BYU this year. Rosen of UCLA, Anu Salman of Arizona, Skylar Howard of West Virginia, Brett Rippon of Boise State, and Gunnar Kill of Cincinnati. Which of those guys causes you the most concern, Brian? Um, you know, I would say it would have to be really between Rosen and, and, and probably Gunnar. But more so, um, Josh Rosen, man. I mean, you, you look at the type of athletes that he has, and just that program of UCLA. And anytime you have, um, you know, a, a lot of, I would say, options, right, from the receiving core to running backs, and just overall talent on the defensive side. You know, you always have an opportunity to win. And so, if you can just manage, 
you'd be fine. But, I mean, he can do more than that. He can, he can actually make plays with his arm. Okay, more importantly, Brian, where do you put Taysom Hill on this list now that he's healthy? You know what? Number one. <laughs> Stop it. What? If you really do put him at number one, I want you to explain yourself. We will address that later. Where does Brian Logan put Taysom Hill at the end of the 2016 <laughs> season in that list? I'll also answer that question. Coming up, we talk to the man in charge of the Cougar defense, Elisa Tuiaki, but not before Bill Bender of the Sporting News rejoins the program. Has his ranking of Taysom Hill in the top 25 quarterbacks changed at all now that he's healthy? Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, everyone. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation, as it always does, going 24-7 on Twitter. Just follow at BYU Sports Nation. And if you want to incite your passion and offer your opinions, use the hashtag BYUSN. That's right. Tune in tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV for After Further Review, featuring no other than dun, 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 me, oh, Brian. Brian Logan. I will be doing exclusives, going one-on-ones, breaking down stuff left and right, one-on-one with Brian Logan, interviewing with Brian Logan, breaking plays down with Brian Logan. Um, yes, yeah, so make sure you tune in. It will also be rebroadcast on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday right after uh, BYU Sports Nation. So if you don't see it, Tonight, you can see it tomorrow. Now, that last segment of UA Sports Nation brought to you by Brian Logan. <laughs> Proud yes, sponsors of Brian Logan. Yes, that. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, but after further review tonight is on the 1984 National Championship game. Yeah, and it was, it's, it's going to be fun. It's Breaking be fun. down sure, BYU-Michigan sure from December of 1984 and that memorable National Championship season. Twitter question, at the end of the 2016 BYU football season, where will Taysom Hill rank among all college quarterbacks and why? At Kolob RDM says Taysom will be a top 10 quarterback if he stays healthy. His speed and improved accuracy will be deadly come crunch time in close games. Mm, Who better to ask that same question to than Bill Bender, who put out college football's top 25 quarterbacks a few months back. Has that changed at all now that we know that Taysom Hill is healthy? College football writer for the Sporting News is on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Bill, welcome back to the show. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Just sent my daughter down for a nap. So it's the perfect time to talk. Okay. Nice. You take care of the kids. <laughs> Make sure they're taking a nap and do a little sports talk. I like that. You released your top 25 college QBs earlier this year, ranking Taysom Hill of BYU at number 22. And you said, well, it depends on if he's healthy. Kind of, It was a tough one to juggle there. Well, he says he's healthy, and his quarterback's coach and offense coordinator Ty Detmer says he's healthy, 100% in fact. So does that change your ranking of Taysom Hill? I mean, it would bump him up if he can prove that he's on the – field healthy i know a couple weeks ago i was watching a little bit of the nebraska game from last year and he just jumps off the the page or see him running around doing the things that you remember that he can do but as you guys couched it before with that twitter question if he stays healthy and and he's one that you really have to ask that question about because when i did those rankings it was kind of waffling between is he going to be the guy that tanner mangum and that's still a question from what i've read yeah it, it definitely is i mean it's 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 still up in the air uh, for us as fans, and, and we know that there's a, a healthy competition. And, I mean, we're excited about it. It's, 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 it can do nothing but bring uh, positives, right, not really negatives. Uh, but um, when, when you talk about Tanner Mangum, where do you think that he fits in 
uh, among all college quarterbacks? I mean, if you look at the numbers last year, the ability to make plays, the touchdown passes, and the experience, that's, that's why BYU is in that class with one of those, they always say, a nice problem to have for Ty Detmer. And I know when I did those rankings as well, it was BYU. Baylor at the time had still had Stidham. He's transferred since. So it's Seth Russell. But I think of those two independents, BYU and Notre Dame, I mean, they, they've got the most intriguing quarterback question heading in because you know both Mangum and Hill can play. And just like with Notre Dame, you know Kaiser and Zaire can play. So, I mean, those are two situations I'll be watching really closely in week one. Whoever Ty Detmer puts on the field in week number one against Arizona, BYU fans are confident that that is a high-quality quarterback. Now, earlier in the show, we looked at the other quarterbacks BYU will take on in your top 25 list, starting with Anu Solomon of Arizona on September 3rd and then moving to Josh Rosen later in September, BYU's home opener against UCLA. Of all of the quarterbacks that BYU will face on the 2016 schedule, according to your rankings, who do you think finishes the year with the most impressive season? I think it's going to be Josh Rosen. That's a guy that BYU obviously saw last year as he was a freshman. Um, there's a lot of people that feel he, he could be a – I was one of them last year too that kind of looks like long-term the best pro prospect in the FBS. That's how good his arm is. Um, and they're going to see a pretty good one. He's not on there now, but when they go to Michigan State and Tyler O'Connor settles in as a starter for the Spurs, you're going to see a lot of, you know, not, not Kirk Cousins right now, but young Kirk Cousins. He's got that feel about him, and I think he's one of those mistake-free quarterbacks that the Spartans use. So those are two guys that jump out. And, of course, you know, Rippon and Keel in that back-to-back road game for BYU, that's going to be a tough stretch there in late October, early November. Bill, um, on, on this list, who do you think is the highest-ranked uh, quarterback for the, for the NFL draft uh, for this upcoming season? Is it Rosen? Does it have to be Rosen? I mean, it has to be. I, yeah, I mean, I was one of the guys, and I was guilty just like anybody else. After watching him against Virginia last year, I assumed there's never going to be a problem. He's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. Uh, you know, that type of deal on Twitter. You can fall into that on Twitter, by the way, every once in a while. But uh, yep. I think he's really got the tools. I think he'll learn as a sophomore. And UCLA's got a lot on the line, too, this year. So I think he's going to need to step up and be that guy that they need him to be. Bill Bender of the Sporting News, college football writer, joining us on BYU Sports Nation. You may have heard uh, over the last, like, 10 years or so that uh, the Big 12 is looking at expansion. In fact, you wrote an article on that earlier this week stating it should be down to BYU, Cincinnati, and Houston. Why those three as the Big 12's top expansion candidates? I think they just make the most sense. Um, you know, I've written a lot about Big 12 expansion, I'm sure, like any other writer, and, and theorized and kind of poked at who it should be. I mean, and I, I believe we talked about this last year at this time. Uh, BYU has that cross combination. It's not just football. It's not just the fact that they won that national championship in my lifetime, referenced before I came on. And then, you know, they get to the NCAA tournament all the time. I think they're just the best cross brand. And uh, that's why they're a good candidate. But the problem is, all three of these schools are good candidates. I think Houston, with the proximity, with the way Tom Herman's coaching them up, they're going to be around for a while, and they're, and they're very good. That'll depend on the Texas schools. And then, you know, I, full disclosure, I'm an Ohio kid. I would like to see Cincinnati get there do a little bit. They, they've played in seven football conferences. I mean, they, they need to find a permanent home, and they're kind of like BYU with the cross between football and basketball. So, so Bill, if, if these are the, the three best schools, does it make sense for – 
the Big 12 to go and grab another that may not have the, the, the quality as these three just to, to grab them all? Well, that's that's the big question. It's either, are they going to go with two and take two of these three and leave one out that, that probably fits, or are they going to grab that extra four? Which, you know you know that list of 18 schools, it's like it's like a dance line. There's so many teams <laughs> that want to get in, and, and with, with good reason. You've got to be part of the Power Five these days. So if they go to four, I think it – that could make sense as well, but at the end of the day, when the Big 12 looks at this, and I wrote that in the article as well, they're going to see that they used to have Texas A&M, Colorado, Nebraska, and Missouri, and I'm not sure that the four schools they bring in will look like that, but on the flip side, I'm not so sure that those four schools, in some ways, wouldn't want to be back in the Big 12 if they could, although that won't happen. Can BYU and Cincinnati, or BYU and Houston, or Cincinnati and Houston even be because I'm looking at the status of Missouri and Colorado right now and where they are with their football and basketball programs. Could Cincinnati and BYU and Houston not replicate what those two schools did in the Big 12? Well, I think they could do the same. I think, uh, you know, you look Colorado back in the 90s, different story. I mean, they were a national championship contender. Sure. They, they did that. But again, I, I point to that cross combination. I mean, BYU's probably. What is it? You guys know this stat probably. 29 appearances in the tournament, no Final Fours. I mean, they're that school that just needs that Final Four appearance. So, And they've, like I said, won a national championship, won big. And the thing I'll point to again is, you know, with this schedule this year, I, I think it's 10 bowl teams, 10 teams that played in a bowl last year. That that's What else do you need to do to prove yourself? Yeah, de- yeah definitely. Bill, if, if, if you had to choose – Two out of the three. So you are the final decision maker. Um, you can't go with four. You guys have to go with two. Who would you choose out of those three? <laughs> That's the hardest part for me. Like the article, I kind of, I, you know, I, I gave a non-answer because I, I do believe all three are, are very good fits. I, I think what it comes down to, I think BYU is definitely the fit, and then it comes down to one of Cincinnati, and that's going to be on the Big 12 to decide. Do you want another Texas school? Do you want to keep Tom Herman around the conference? Why, why would you let Tom Herman go to an SEC or a Big Ten school? I mean, he's that big time of a coach. I really believe that. And then Cincinnati, obviously, the Ohio footprint, putting them in the conference, very similar to BYU. So I would say BYU, I mean, impressed for an answer, probably Houston, but I think Cincinnati's every bit as deserving. Bill, we'll finish with this. When will the Big 12 expand, if at all? I think this year. I think it's coming. I just don't know when. I mean, and I hope they make the announcement before the season because this is one of those deals that if we're sitting there in the middle of October and then they they just throw it out probably the week before the first playoff rankings and then we're all sitting there like scrambling around trying to wonder what the effects on the uh, American Athletic Conference, the effects on Conference USA will be. I don't want to do that in the middle of the playoff race. So I hope they do this before the season so we have some sort of plan of what's going on forward, and I'm sure those schools do too. I'm with you, man. Don't distract from the actual football. Right. Let's enjoy the actual football. Don't be selfish. And leave the off-the-field issues off the field. Bill, great to talk to you, man. We appreciate the time. Anytime, guys. Appreciate it. Check out SportingNews.com. You got it, my friend. Bill Bender of the Sporting News on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Some good points, man. Do you think, do you think there is any scenario, Brian, when you look at all of this Big 12 expansion talk, yeah. you think there is any scenario 
BYU is left on the outside looking in. It's hard. It's hard to say. It's hard to say no. Like I, I, I think I would be so shocked, so shocked, dude. If 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 BYU doesn't get in, um, I mean, I I may feel like it's like the end of the world or something like that. I may you know hide myself and lock myself in a room. Uh, in, in my dark room in my basement where there's no windows and for like, like 24 hours because I'd be like, what is – I need to wake up from this dream. I don't understand what's going on. That's how, uh, that's how confident I am that, that BYU would get in if they choose to expand. It's the classic case of legacy and tradition of BYU and, you know, the electronic footprint and the worldwide fan base. They have all that going for them. But there's always the detractors that say, well, they don't fit in with social norms. You know, they don't play on Sunday, and they've already got an island in the east with West Virginia, so why would they put an, an, another island school in BYU in the Big 12 out in the Rocky Mountains versus Houston with the political clout? They've yeah. got the backing of the government, for crying out loud. <laughs> and Cincinnati provides a travel partner for West Virginia. It's, it's one of the most intriguing stories that I've ever encountered in sports. Up next, we play what game of what if Taysom Hill never got injured. But first, it's the defensive coordinator, E. Tuiaki. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans all over the world. BYU TV Sports has BYU football covered during fall camp. Follow BYU TV Sports and BYU Sports Nation on Facebook to see post-practice interviews and all of practice recaps on Facebook Live. In fact, those will be coming up at 1.30 Eastern, 11.30 a.m. Mountain today. So check us out. BYU TV Sports Facebook Live coverage from fall camp. Get the latest from the Cougar coaches and players. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Fall camp obviously continuing today. We are in week two. We just spoke with Lauren Frankham about 25 minutes ago to get the latest from today's practice. Part of her update included that the coaches feel they are getting closer to a two-deep depth chart. We wonder when that will happen. Hey, it's it's if they say they're close, to me that's a good thing, Brian Logan, because it means the cream is rising to the top. That is true, but I don't really believe anything coaches say right now because I know <laughs> I've been I've been on the other side, man. I know coaches just got to say it just to help the media out keep them calm um you got to understand that these guys are still new still learning you know who these players are personalities things like that and in addition to that you got to understand that they, they so they, they did this in spring ball but now all of the high school kids that are coming they got to do it all over again so give them some time man Give me some time. I, I'm giving them time. I'm just saying. Oh, I was talking to Lauren. Oh, you're. Yeah. <laughs> I was just looking at you because she's not here. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to Rio <laughs> for an update. Cougars in the Olympics. BYU track athlete Tatenda Tsuma ran in the 200 meter prelims this morning for his country, Zimbabwe. So cool. He finished with a time of 21:04. That would have been his personal best at BYU. He ran faster than that to qualify for the Olympics. But what an awesome accomplishment. Tatenda yeah. Sumba ran in the Olympics in Rio. Man, dreams. Speaking of runners in the Olympics, Jared Ward, marathon specialist, will join us tomorrow as he prepares for his world-class race at the Olympics. Nice. 
USA Volleyball will play Poland tomorrow in the first round of the knockout phase after overcoming an 0-2 start in pool play. The game will be played at 1 Eastern. You can watch it live nationally on NBC's coverage at 2 Eastern. NCAA.com named five goalies that are going to be the toughest to beat in 2016. BYU senior Rachel Broaz was named as one of those five goalies. We like to include everyone in this show, including those that are not with us right now mm-hmm. that have graced us here in Studio B, mm-hmm. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. They recently spoke with Elisa Tuiaki, the captain of the Cougar defense as far as coaches go. They asked him about everything from how are the Warner brothers looking to what in the world does he expect from a new-look BYU defense? All right, Elisa Tuiaki, uh, how's practice going uh, so far? It's been uh, almost a week for you guys. Practice isn't going well. I think the kids are starting to get it uh, as far as techniques and schemes, and, and they're starting to uh, mesh really well, You know, starting to get certain groups playing with each other, which is always important, I think, and they're doing a good job. We're staying healthy for the most part. So, As you said, the, the team's kind of getting it right now. Is this about where you thought the team would start to get it, or is it a little bit ahead of schedule? I think we're a little bit ahead of schedule. Um, and, you know, it's it's – Fall camp's always like that. One day the defense looks really good, the next day the offense looks really good, and it's and it's good when it goes back and forth like that. But right now I think the defense is starting to play really good, smart, tactical football uh, because they're understanding their schemes, and I think that's important. Are you starting to see the switch from, okay, I've got the playbook down versus, okay, I'm making plays within yeah, that? Yeah, I think so. And it's uh, especially with the veteran group that was here in the spring, you know, knowing the, knowing the defense and, and doing that, and then the younger guys, I think that they're where we, what we saw in the spring from the veterans, you know, kind of getting it, starting to feel it a little bit, and playing the techniques and all that stuff. One of the things that has really stood out, regardless of who we've talked to, everybody's talked about depth, and how the depth is something you guys focused on for this team, but you're starting to see it. Can you elaborate on what you're seeing depth-wise, especially on the defensive side? I'm, you know, we're starting to see a lot of guys that can contribute, really, you know, and I was actually talking with Coach Itake about that this morning, is. Um, you know, what you want is you want to be able to have not that big of a drop-off when you're going from ones to twos to threes, and we're starting to feel that way in certain spots, uh, you know, especially at the backer spot. But, you know, if we can get some D linemen back, we'll feel pretty good about that. And then corners, as the young guys and the new guys are getting it, um, you know, we're starting to feel good about that. But, you know, we got we got to stay healthy in order for us to, to have that depth. But we are starting to see where the twos are getting it, the threes are getting it. There's not that big of a drop-off, um, and they're, they're playing good ball. The defensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki, is on BYU Sports Nation. How solid and how, I guess, open are the position battles right now? And, and when do you start to, okay, these are the ones and these are the twos, and you got to crack them? You know, we've, uh, we've made it a point to make sure that we got some reps to the guys that we haven't seen, especially the new guys, um, you know, guys that came back from injury. And, uh, you know, so within the twos and the threes right now, the second group, third group, there will be a little bit of uh, a little bit more rotation back and forth. And even with the one sometimes, with the, especially the D end group and the D tackles, we still kind of got that thing there. They're all playing with the ones and the twos at the D tackle spot um, and the D end spot. But uh, other than that, I think, uh, you know, the backers and the corners are starting to, we're starting to feel like we, we feel comfortable with, with who's in there with the first group, but, but not uncomfortable with the second group comes in. Today was the first full pads day. How did the uh, team handle that during practice? <laughs> we had to keep reminding them when it was just tag, you know, when it was, <laughs> hey, we're slowing down now, we're keeping everybody healthy. You know, you got to get the work in that you have to get in, right? When it gets short yardage, it's hard to keep bodies up off the ground because it's, you know, a cloud of dust in one yard, especially uh, with, with uh, you know, 
that that type of situation. But um, and then as soon as we we go from that situation to another, it's hey, okay, we're back to just practicing, keeping everybody safe, and you know, not taking shots and cut blocks and all that stuff. And so they were uh, they were riled up today. We had to kind of pull them back, which is always exciting when you have guys that are like that. What can you learn from watching the team practice in the full pads that you can't get otherwise? I'm sorry. This is so close for me. My personal space is violated a little bit. I was like. The shiny brace is probably doing It's not that. It's not that. It's me. It's not you. It's me. Seinfeld episode. This is a guy who was in MMA that regularly yeah, that hugged guys people. In. And he's like, I can't be next to you, Jason. I apologize. Okay. All right. You're Take not the first person to say that. No, no, no. That actually happens on a daily basis to me. So I'm actually used yeah. to it. No, it's, it. It could be you. And I just feel a little uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> I forgot the question. <laughs> what, so, can, what can you learn, what can you learn in, pads? in pads that you can't otherwise? Well, that's a, it's a lot more realistic, you know. For the, for the O-line and D-line, you know, being in shoulder pads and helmet is pretty much real football. You know, we're trying to stay off the ground and everything. But uh, for the backers, the corners, the safeties, all that, they, they got to they gotta come at certain angles and throw, you know, when we're coming to make a tackle. And we're not uh, coming and, you know, tagging off anymore. And so we got to be able to see the element of closing in on space and making, you know, hitting thick and wrapping up and all that stuff. And so that, that's what really changes for us. How much confidence uh, do you have in the defensive linemen, given that you did change to a 4-3 and you will emphasize some of the defensive linemen in this scheme? Uh, I, you know, it's a work in progress. You know, they, we love their love their uh, uh, what they've been doing, but there's uh, there's still a lot of work to be done, and, and we got to get a couple of guys back, uh, you know, out, off the injury list, and we'll feel real comfortable about our depth about our depth there. Travis Tuiloma, one of them. Do you hope he's ready for game one? What's the situation? Because he had the same injury as Taysom Hill, right? List yeah, rank, but there know, are variations yeah, with that, that. It's it's always hairy situation with those kids. You want to protect them, love to have them, but. Um, I think that timeline is kind of out of my hands, and, and which, which I'm glad because I don't want to be making a decision with the kid's career like that, you know. And so when he comes back, he comes back, and we'll use him. And when he, however long he takes, if it ends up going midseason, then we'll make a decision then. But we got to, I think, first of all, make sure we take care of the kid and then do what's best for the program. Everybody was very excited when Troy Warner decided to come play at BYU. Coaches, the program, fans, how has he looked so far? He's looked great. Yes, he looks great. From spring to summer workouts to now, he I, I think he's look looks like a different player. You know, his his body's starting to mature. He's um, you know he's gone from a boy to a man as far as just physique and uh, learning the def uh, the defense and and playing smart football. I mean, a lot of a lot of things has changed for him, and and we've seen it from spring all the way till now. How are the position battles in the secondary, specifically at cornerback? You know, there's uh, Mike Davis and Akilah are doing a really good job. Um, you know, uh, Mike Shelton is showing us showing some flashes of things he can do. I mean, uh, Austin McChesney, I'll probably end up missing somebody. Isaiah Armstrong and, you know, obviously Troy and Chris Wilcox. I mean, there's there, there's bodies there, and they're not just bodies. They're, they're, they're bodies that can do something for you if, uh, if they continue to progress. And so we love the progression. Um, want them to be able to just, you know, get better and better and better throughout camp. And... You know, there's there's no really way to to uh, simulate a game, for, especially for a young kid like Troy and Chris and you know Isaiah Armstrong comes with a little bit of experience. But um, as much as we can give them in practice, prepping for that will be really really good. But we like how they've been how they've been progressing. All right, I, I want to break up the football questions. We, we've talked we've talked a lot of football with you, but you guys just recently went on a team activity to the the UFC fight mm -hmm. up in Salt Lake City. Now this is near and dear to your heart. You were former MMA guy. So is it at any point during the fight, did you kind of get the urge like, man, I, 
I'd like to get up in that ring right now. So two days before we went, right, I started working out again. It was probably like the sixth, sixth time I've started my goals over again. And I did two sets of body weight lunges, and I couldn't walk the next day. So when I sat down in my chair to watch, I was like, I'm here to watch. I can barely even move right now. So there was no urge. Now, the Janimal, though, I mean, he was up Jan front and center. I, uh, you know, he, he was probably itching to get in there. But uh, other than that, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm <laughs> what, what do those team activities do for a team? You know, it it's, uh, gets you out, outside of the element of football and be able to talk a little bit more you know as as people get to know them and you know you start to learn a little bit more about a person and we start to I, i'm starting to learn a little bit more about people on offense that i'm trying to make sure that i know everybody by by name you know and and all the fate match the faces with the names and all that stuff and i think that goes a long way for a kid who feels like a coach cares about him um, i think the kids know that coach coach Hitaka cares about them you know um, and I think that's huge, and, and, and the culture is just to make sure that they know that they come first and coaches come second. Coaches always come last, and so with everything that, that Coach Itaka has done, I think it's shown that coaches are the least important thing here and players are the more important thing. Okay. Eliza, we appreciate the time, man. All right. Thank you. Hey, just watch your personal space, okay, Brian Logan? Personal space, man. Yep. I, I'm, good with, I'm good, though. You can be in my, in my personal space, man. I'm okay. I'm okay with you, Spencer, in my personal space. Are there people that you're not okay with in your personal space? Uh, no, I'm I'm comfortable with everybody in my personal space. Somebody right you know up next mean? to your face. Yeah, yeah, you're. It's fine with me. I'm just. I think it's just people I know that I'm com like you and Jeff. If it was like a random, then I'd probably be like coach and take like a kind of half a step back and be like, whoa, wait a minute, you know, give me a little bit of space there. But okay, now that we've established you, that. Yeah, yeah, we've established that. So uh, when you see Brian Logan. <laughs> <laughs> he's okay. He's okay if people get super close. Do <laughs> you feel uncomfortable right now? I don't. Right no, now? because you're my bro, man. See, exactly. You're exactly, my bro. Man. Up next, find out where BYU finished in Stuart Mandel's Big 12 expansion bracket. But first, let's play What If. And you might hate this, but what if Taysom Hill never got injured? Stay with us. Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Brian Logan, live from Studio B. If you happen to miss an episode of BYUSN Live, not to worry, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV, 6 p.m. Eastern sharp. Tune in tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV for After Further Review, featuring uh, me and my family. So we have Uncle Blaine, we have Uncle Dave, and we have um, our stepbrother, uh, actually, scratch that. Step cousin, uh, David Nixon. Yeah. Oh, is he the weird step cousin? Yeah, he's you know he's that he's that one weird guy. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it will also be rebroadcasted on Wednesday nights after BYU Sports Days. So be sure to tune in. He's the one weird guy that played four years in the NFL and yeah, exactly. was one of the top mm -hmm. sack leaders in Mountain West Conference yeah, history. Can, he can do anything and everything. Like four <laughs> four point three GPA has like this chiseled. You beautiful, gorgeous chin. <laughs> looks like a real life superhero. If that, if Superman was a real hero, he would be David Superman. Nixon. Yeah, wow. I, I would say that. Taysom yeah. Hill, Captain America, and David Nixon, Superman. Yeah, and I'm going. I'm going more off of looks for just looks for yeah, because I don't really know about his personality that much. You know? We don't have much time to do this, Brian. So let's get right to it. Let's cue the dream scenario and play a game of what if. Now, I've watched ESPN and the NFL Network produce segments like this, What If, 
that would alter sports history. So we're going to do that today just to emphasize how different things could be for BYU football if one injury did not happen. Bear with us as we have created what we feel is an actual reality if Taysom Hill never got injured against Utah State in 2014. Starting with this, Brian, BYU wins that game against Utah State. In fact, they beat UCF in Orlando the following week. They crush Nevada and are 7-0, jump into the top 12 rankings, but lose at Boise State for their first loss of the season. Okay, so uh, if Taysom Hill never got injured, uh, BYU uh, does not lose again that year. Okay. 11 uh, and 1. Mm-hmm. And they play in their first ever BCS game. Or was it a Power Five or a, a New Year's Six game? I can't remember Doesn't what it was matter. two years ago, Doesn't but matter. it was a big money bowl, they right? They go. They go. Yes. BYU 11 and 1 in that regular season. Tell me what other game besides Boise State they lose. They're not. And people are like, well, they didn't look good against Utah State. Taysom Hill, if he stays healthy in that game, it's, would have willed yeah. BYU to win against the Aggies Taysom, in so Provo. Enough said. The game at Boise, that's tough. 11-1, and BYU in a big money bowl game for the first time ever. Taysom Hill does not win the Heisman, Brian, but he's in New York for the Heisman presentation. If Taysom Hill never got injured against Utah State, uh, BYU also celebrates a top 15 finish in the AP rankings. Then the questions begin. Does he go to the NFL early? Yes. He's a great athlete. He goes but early. The, but there are questions about how his skill set translates to the NFL. Now, this is where Brian and I differ. Brian thinks he goes to the NFL. I think Taysom Hill has a conversation with Steve Young and other BYU alumni quarterbacks and NFL draft talent scouts and decides, you know what, there are some things I need to work on with my footwork and I need to become more palatable to NFL scouts, so I'm coming back for my senior season to refine those true quarterback skills. And then Tanner Mangum would have zero Division I experience right now. And we would have no idea! None! Zero! And then Bronco Mendenhall would probably still be the coach here at BYU. Think about that. (sighs) Think about that. What if? If one Injury doesn't happen, what and some if? of you are driving off the road as we speak. What if Bronco is still a coach <laughs> at BYU? I'm sorry. I, I mean, what if Taysom Hill never got injured? I know in you hate this, but it's a very plausible reality. Two back-to-back 10-plus win seasons. I think he wins the Heisman. Woo! And he goes to the NFL early. Up yes. next, a loaded Cougar whip around, including a Big 12 expansion update. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. What should we do, Brian? Whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. Fall camp continues. We spoke with Lauren Frankham, our sideline reporter at fall practice. She said that the depth chart is getting closer and closer to being finalized. She also referenced Mitchell Juergens and Garrett Juergens leading the way in punt return for BYU. Stuart Mandel of Fox Sports made a Big 12 expansion bracket featuring all 18 teams in a bracket setting, comparing college against college to see which team would be most deserving of a Big 12 invite. BYU made it to the Final Four in Stuart's bracket, 
losing to Cincinnati. Please. The Manning Award watch list released yesterday, and no BYU quarterbacks are on it. However, Boise State's Brett Rippon, Utah State's Kent Myers, West Virginia's Skylar Howard, and UCLA's Josh Rosen all made the list. Cougars in the Olympics. BYU track athlete Tatenda Sumba ran in the 200-meter preliminaries this morning at the Rio Olympics. For his country, Zimbabwe, he finished with a time of 21.04. Congratulations to Tatenda nice. on making it to the Olympics. USA Volleyball will play Poland tomorrow in the first round of the knockout round after overcoming an 0-2 start in pool play. That game will be played at 1 Eastern. Soccer. NCAA.com named five goalies that are going to be the toughest to beat in 2016. BYU senior Rachel Boaz, one of those five keepers. Cougars in the minors. Adam Law went 3-4 with a home run and an RBI for the AA Jackson Generals. Jacob Brugman went 2-4 with an RBI for the AAA Nashville Sounds. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Let's keep the tradition going, Brian. Bobby Bowlesby. That's right. Bob Bowlesby, the rise and shout. <laughs> Please make a decision very, very soon. Please, Bobby. And include BYU. Our Twitter question, at the end of the 2016 BYU football season, where will Taysom Hill rank among college quarterbacks and why? Brian, we back-teased this. Where does yeah. Taysom Hill finish 2016 among so, college football's elite quarterbacks? My good friend up north in Canada, Drake, um, you know, would say top five. I'm going to say top five. Top, top five, five, top five, top five. Yeah. That's With what, the yeah. likes of Deshaun Watson and top Baker five. Mayfield. Top five, top five, top five, top five. Holy cow. Just listen to the song, bro, and then you'll understand. It, we're everything. assuming health. If he's healthy, if he's undoubted, healthy, undoubtedly yeah. Taysom Hill will be a top 10 college football quarterback. Top he, five. He just, he's too experienced. He does too many things well, naturally, athletically. He's yeah. just gifted. Yeah, that's the best That's the best thing you could say is gifted. He's been. He's blessed. He's just gifted. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, well, he's made of glass. No, he's not. Have you yeah. seen the injuries he's gone through? They've been freak collisions. Kind of freakish, yeah. Yes. I'm telling you, if he's healthy, and he will be. <laughs> Top 10 quarterback. <laughs> Our elite tweet of the day from at Still Team Riley. Ranked third behind Hulk Hogan and John Cena. <laughs> Wait, this ranking based off bicep size, right? Ooh, Nicely played. Nice. Thanks to our guests today and to Brian Logan for joining me. Conversation continues on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Brian, I am Spencer. Shout out to Paul Walkenhorst. We'll see you tomorrow.